And I am at the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association booth, where we have been now for how many years? And it is, for me, obviously, I'm in that uh, odd phase now as the clock ticks down to my final show on Friday. It's the last ofs. Well, it's the last agribition. And this has been an absolute delight every year late November. Uh, we're going to check in. We'll start this morning with Sean Kindop, who is the CEO of Agribition. But many stories we'll be pursuing here today some will have a distinct farm flavor my buddy quick dick mcdick who is always here will pop over uh, we'll also talk with uh, a saskatchewan senator who's on that standing committee in the senate he is trying to get this bill passed that will give farmers an exemption on the carbon tax on natural gas. He is being thwarted by a number of Trudeau-appointed senators who have decided to shut this process down. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, there are stories, though, around this great province this morning, not simply of agribition. Uh, we'll have a look and some thoughts on a protest that actually closed down the legislature yesterday. Palestinian activists and protesters. We'll talk about that. The hour of the big stories and so much more here. And as we get going today, all eyes on the business front were on StatsCan's monthly consumer price index numbers. This is how we measure inflation. And there was a time for about a decade, you didn't worry too much about inflation, but when inflation hit 8%, uh, in the last year, that, of course, causing the Bank of Canada to move interest rates up, and it has been a very challenging time. So back in September, the last reported numbers we had on the Consumer Price Index, inflation was 3.8% year over year. The basket of goods and services were 3.8% more. So now this morning, get the October numbers, and they are 3.1% higher. So inflation is slowly ratcheting down, and the closer you can get to under 3%, the better that is. So it's pretty good news on the economic front today. We'll go a little further on that. Sean Kindop is here, CEO of Canadian Western Agribition. Well, I don't see you near enough. It's every year once uh, at Agribition. So good to have you by. Yeah, no, appreciate you having me, and uh, congratulations on retirement. It's an honor to uh, be able to catch up with you before you fade off into the sunset or ride off into the sunset. Ride right off. We're not yeah. fading anywhere. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Um, so every year you look at the priorities, the focus. Um, why do people come to Agribition? Well, it depends who you talk to. The international people that are coming from across the world are coming to um, explore cattle genetics and uh, see all of the incredible animals and the, the incredible genetics that we in Saskatchewan and Canada have. Um, we've got people that are coming for rodeo, people that are coming to do some shopping, people that want to you know, walk the barns and have a paralyzer. Again, regardless of what area you're coming from, for, there's uh, something for everybody. You know, it's interesting at this event every year, and you go back to those origins uh, over 50 years ago. This was a Saskatchewan and a Western initiative, wasn't it? To say, you know, you had the Royal Red in Toronto, you had big international cattle shows, but here was a chance to bring it closer to home. Yeah, and what they've done with Agribition, you know, being from the very early years, being to the, you know, little show in Regina to uh, arguably one of the most important shows in the world, um, especially when you talk to those that are trying to buy genetics and uh, 
Aggribition is one of those ones that are top of mind. So you mentioned internationally. Uh, day one yesterday, numbers are okay for people through? Yeah, currently, again, I know that we're only day one, but uh, our day one numbers this year compared to last year, we're, we're up, so we're excited and ready to uh, ready to keep that momentum going as there's lots of exciting to happen. So internationally, uh, how many of you, you get a good number of visitors every year, and it's a pretty diverse set of countries. Yeah, 100%. Just yesterday alone, I know that it's only day one, but we had 15 different countries already represented here at Aggravation, and and that's physically came and checked in with our international business folks upstairs, and yeah, that number is going to continue to grow all week. So the rodeo part of this uh, is something that starts in the evenings, and I know I'm going to ask you a bit about this bullfighter event, freestyle bullfighting, which seems to me to be... Well, let's talk about it. That looks crazy. What, what yeah. do these guys do with bulls? Yeah, it's incredible. So we've got some Spanish guys who are going to do uh, what's called recortadores. I, mean, I think you might hear from them a little bit later on. But they get judged based on how close a horn's, or the bull's horn gets to you. Um, we've also got some folks from Bullfighters Only that compete down in Vegas. They're going to come up and do some freestyle where they get chased around. And uh, they got to control the bullfight for a minute. And, yeah, they're they're incredible. But in, in Phenomenal athletes. Yeah, later on this. Actually, uh, they, we'll end the show off today at noon with uh, one of the, uh, the... He's the bullfighter CEO. I'm not sure what the definition of that entails, but we're going to chat with the, him. The head of crazy. Yeah, okay. That's right. Head of crazy. Okay. <laughs> so, But the rodeo itself, uh, this is this part of the rodeo circuit? I mean, it, it seems to attract some pretty impressive riders. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of different circuits to go through. Mm-hmm. We're the final stop of the Maple Leaf Circuit Finals. So, again, these are the champions that, are, that will be crowned for that circuit this year. Um, we are also the first rodeo technically for the next calendar year. Um, so you are going to see phenomenal talent. Again, barring no uh, nothing crazy happening with travel, uh, there will be a gentleman that's going to compete at Agribishner this year that will be um, competing in Las Vegas during the NFR. Okay, so so there is an NFR. There are some of the people, some of the same people you'll see here. Yeah, there's some. They're phenomenal athletes. So if you've never been to a rodeo, by all means, I would uh, highly recommend it. But uh, Wednesday's free courtesy of Zig. So if you do want to come and take in your first rodeo for. Uh, uh, cost-effective way. Just make sure that you're here early so that you can uh, guarantee your seat. Sean Kindop is the CEO of Canadian Western Agribition. And for those of you who this is your first rodeo, uh, it is always a great opportunity. So as far as what people come to see, you say there's the, the cattle, the animal genetics side, there's an international interest. Uh, every year, and especially now we're clear of the pandemic, seeing more school kids, more families, uh, it's a pretty good opportunity for people to get out and have a look at what fuels the the livestock side of ag? Yeah, absolutely. You, you, there's a lot of people you talk to again that are that are my age and even older. That you bring up Agribish, and the first thing that that ninety percent of them tell me is, I remember going there as a kid. So it's very important for for people to understand where their food comes from and uh, to go through the barns and to see the care and attention that goes into the animals. Um, it, it's second to none. Um, it, it, it's something that we take pride in and just. I think it's very important for the for the kids to come through and just get educated on agriculture. It's a big part of the world. Before I let you go, it's also an opportunity, and I guess this is a seasonal thing, being this point in the year, late November every year, uh, for sort of a sharing and an intel gathering as well, because you've got uh, different pressures on different herds. You've got different uh, pressure even within Saskatchewan about, you know, some areas have a feed problem. How are things going? What's the general kind of market feel you get from a lot of the people here? That uh, what we're hearing is that it's expensive to uh, to buy cows and it's expensive to feed them, but um, 
yeah, those that are in the cattle market right now, they have such pride in what they do. It's it, it's it's something that we take a very big pride on of being able to put this event on is to be able to watch what happens in the barns and the care and attention and pride that goes into everything that they do to promote these genetics and continue to grow this industry. Sean, it's always great to connect with you. Sean Kindop, CEO of Canadian Western Agribition. Uh, take care, my friend, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Yeah, thank you very much, and thank you for everything. Sean Kindop, uh, joining us to start off uh, our day at Agribition, Canadian Western Agribition, 52nd Annual, and uh, you can find our mobile talk studio outside Exhibit Hall C at the International Trade Center, and we are at the booth and the table of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association, where you'll find us most years. So if you are in and around southern Saskatchewan you want to pop by, make sure you say hello today. If you want to join us, as you so often do, on your radio, streaming audio, we have a number of things to talk about. And when we take the show on the road, it's the day's big stories. It's the things that have got people in Saskatchewan talking. The hour of the big stories coming up at the top of the hour. I'm John Gormley. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. I'm John Gormley. Good to have you here. We are live on location at the 52nd Annual Canadian Western Agribition. You'll find me at the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association outside Exhibit Hall C at the International Trade Center. So glad you stopped in here this morning. The hour of the big stories comes up. A story that I want to just begin, and I'm not sure we'll have enough time to talk about it, but it answers questions that have been swirling for years in northwestern Saskatchewan. Uh, the death of a young mum named Cindy McKay. To call Cindy an outstanding human being was an understatement. Uh, she had done church missionary work. She was trained uh, as uh, she had an ag degree, went back on a nursing degree. She worked as an RN, uh, mum of three little girls. There was very little Cindy McKay couldn't and didn't do, except she was married to Michael. And uh, I know a couple of members of the Mack family. Um, Cindy was a Mack before she married uh, Michael McKay. And it took her five days to die because Michael McKay poisoned her, mixed her a drink. She wasn't feeling well, so he took the kids to school February the 7th of 2020. Uh, comes home, uh, makes up a Gatorade drink with strychnine. And even as she's drinking it, she says, this tastes a little bitter. She brushes her teeth because it doesn't taste right. And if you've ever watched what strychnine does, uh, the pain is unimaginable. It's excruciating. They took her off life support five days later on the 12th of February, 2020. By the 10th of February, hospital uh, professionals had thought there's something suspicious. They had tipped off the RCMP. Uh, the investigation began. They knew Michael McKay had poisoned his wife. And he did text another woman the day before the poisoning. Goodbye will likely be in the next few days. His lawyer tried to dress it up well, saying his temper burns white hot. He lost his temper. He exploded. He snapped. We don't know the trigger. This guy is a professional victim complex. Oh, he's, uh, he's always had anxiety and depression, and he always wants to kill himself. This is a loser who fell short in life. And the best thing he ever did was marrying a remarkable woman. 
and he never understood that. But playing victim to the end, he pleads guilty in court yesterday. It's still murder, but it's second-degree murder. He'll be sentenced for the rest of his life, but he'll be eligible for parole in 10 years. One would hope a man who is this cold-blooded, this much of a traitor in his victim complex, this much of a man who could minimize, avoid, and cruelly plan the murder of his wife, doesn't see the light of day, if ever. But the criminal justice system, and it's a system, it's not justice, will move heaven and earth in corrections once he has insight into his criminogenic factors. They'll try to spring him before 10 years, because 10 will be full parole. They'll try to get him into a halfway house at nine years. They'll give him temporary absences, which for the, the Mac family will be so excruciating. This man has taken away their daughter, even giving him bail the last three years. Imagine, he's caring for the little girls of the mum he murdered? Tyler Mack, Cindy's brother, spoke outside the courthouse yesterday in Battleford. Uh, have a listen to what he said. Here it is. You may have noticed we're wearing red today to honor Cindy, as that was her favorite color. Uh, it has been nearly four years since Cindy was murdered, and today we finally got some justice. The terrible things he did to her are finally being told. He has told many lies to many people about what happened to Cindy, so it is a great relief to all of us that the record is finally being set straight. We appreciate not having to go through the stress of a trial. He's a lowlife and a drain on society. Cindy was a truly great person and a wonderful mother to her three children. She was kind and compassionate. She loved animals and adopted as many as she could. She was well-liked in the community. She volunteered with the skating club that her girls were involved with. I could go on all day about all the good she had to offer. The world was a better place with her in it. To finally get the truth told that he did it. Um, yeah, that was huge. Uh, it, it, uh, yeah, I guess it just kind of writes that. Your heart breaks for the Mack family. Uh, the death of their Cindy back in February of 2020 intentionally poisoned by the loser and the lowlife Michael McKay. Uh, yesterday, he had a, a lawyer, Nick Stushinoff, good defense lawyer, who obviously puts his defense counsel, does uh, the very best he can do on this. Uh, he wasn't living the life he wanted. Poor Michael McKay. Uh, he felt suppressed. He felt isolated. He found refuge in the church, but soon he thought the church itself was hypocritical. Um, he had mental health issues, a struggle with emotional, even suicidal ideation. And on and on and on. Uh, this murderer, this monster Michael McKay is no victim. And for the family, and he sobbed in court, and he wasn't sobbing for Cindy. He wasn't sobbing for his kids. He was sobbing because he will go to jail. And if there is true justice, Michael McKay will not be out of jail for a long, long time, if ever. I'm Gormley. The hour of the big stories is on now on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.